Um, well, Darian Lake was on season six, and I guess technically is my drag mother. Like, kind of, we always said that your drag mother was the first person to put you in drag, the first person to put me in drag. She was a drag queen. I was dating her ex-boyfriend, and they weren't really ex-boyfriends, so she made me look really ugly. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I'm Davina and I'm Ricky and welcome to Fierce Slay Talk, a decamp podcast where we'll be catching up with some familiar faces from the drag world and beyond, whilst delving deeper into the obstacles life has thrown at them in the journey of becoming fabulous. So shall we begin? Best known for being a contestant on season two of RuPaul's Drag Race and the first ever season of All Stars is Pandora Box. Welcome to Fierce Talk. Pandora, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. What an absolute <laughs> joy to have you speaking to us today. How are you? Um, I am doing a solid okay. <laughs> Which I think is fair, doing a solid okay right now. Yeah, you know, we uh, uh, the United States is definitely on a higher note. We got rid of uh, <laughs> we got rid of a, a wart, I guess, yeah. if you want to be delicate. And uh, I don't like to I don't want to speak his name anymore. So uh, yeah, so that I, I think it's great because it just means the possibility of change became real. Yeah. Absolutely. It didn't know magically, not magically fixing everything, but it's like I, I, and I think a lot of people feel like, oh, the possibility to change is there now. Yeah, like when Obama was voted in, there was a, a lot of hope, wasn't there? You know, at that point, and it feels like that, but it feels a little bit more like hope with with the the countenance of uh, there is a lot of work to be done. Yes, I, I I just don't think that people uh, realized how bad it could be and how it was an, an administration of anger and uh, just it, it felt hopeless to anyone that wasn't uh, straight and white. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we to a lesser extent in some ways, we're having exactly the same experience here. You know, they they're liars even when confronted with the video evidence, they still tell you that that wasn't what happened. They have yes. clearly xenophobic yes. uh, fucking foreign policy. Uh, I, I don't know if you know about the Windrush saga that happened here. Scandal, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had loads of people who'd moved here after the war. Um, they weren't given proper documentation and... Uh, they were told that they were welcome here. And now we have a new foreign secretary who is uh, sending all of those people back to places that they haven't lived for 60 years or never lived. Oh. So we have exactly the same kind of yes. administration happening here. Um, we do. But, you know, one good thing I think I'm going to take out of it is that, you know, if presented with that video proof that you were lying and still denying it, I'm just going to tell people I won season two of Drag Race and I, they can show me the video and I will say, no, that is not true. That is that is fake Drag Race. I won. I don't know what any of you are talking about. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> That drag race politics. Because in no, in no other job can you actually turn around and just mess things up and go, 
and it would just be fine and you'd just be allowed to just crack on with whatever it is that you're doing. Well, I mean, you say you that, Nikki, but you're sat here talking to do two drag queens and I can absolutely go on stage and mess everything up and it will still be fine. <laughs> I've made a career it will. You'll it. save that performance. You can do it. You can so, do it. So, Pandora, where did you uh, decide that this was going to be your, your name? How did you come up with that? Um, well, I, you know, 300 years ago when I started drag, I was very into Greek mythology <laughs> and I really liked the name Pandora and Pandora and Madonna had the same amount of letters. They both ended in A because I was a huge Madonna fan and also a big geek because I'm really thinking this far <laughs> into my name about how close it is to Madonna. And uh, it was a choice between two names and the other name was Madeline Michaels. And I was like, oh, it's a very female impersonator. It's very like, uh and thankfully, I made the right choice, I think, <laughs> with my name. And I also like that if, I, if my name was Pandora Box, you would kind of never know what to really expect. And that's one of the things I think that is really important about everybody's. When you pick a drag name, I think that's one of the kind of important things is it gives the audience a little clue as to what it is that you're about. And that's what it is with Pandora's Box, you know, Nobody knew what was in there. Nobody knew what was coming out to to greet them. So I think that's really smart, actually. What a, a great way to come about with that's the one I've decided. I, th I think I prefer that to Madeline. It's a great way, name, isn't it? <laughs> um, I choo too. It's funny, though, because I, got, I did get to use that name because I did a Tammy Brown show, The Browns. Uh -huh. And the character was named Pandora, who I was playing, but she was kind of bitchy. And I was like, okay. can we change the name? Because I want to come in as a different character so I can be full on bitchy to Tammy. <laughs> because it's just, because how could you, you don't even need to be bitchy to Tammy. But I was like, I want to like be full on. And so we changed her name to Madeline Michaels. And I was like, that was, so I, I got to live that name and, and be this bitchy uh <laughs> I don't know what what she was. Uh, we were auditioning for a commercial, and uh, it was it was fun. It was so much fun to do, and Tammy's great, and the show was really fun, and I was excited to be asked to to do it. And now it's on, I think, Amazon Prime here, mm -hmm. and uh, so yeah, it, it, it's cool that this little show that I did, like a little like Instagram thing, eventually became something more. So it's great. So you've you've already you've already done a, a lot in in drag t TV. Obviously, the competition on stage. What was your introduction to drag as as an artist? Who sort of you know, was there somebody who sort of spurred you on with that? Made that recommendation? Said you might be good at this. <laughs> I mean, definitely no one made the recommendation to do drag. Uh, <laughs> I I actually saw. Um, I guess I already I knew what drag was, but not really because. Uh, everything that I saw drag on television was just making fun of it. So it was just like something like a, the butt of the joke kind of thing. Because um, I wasn't exposed to John Waters yet and the magic of Divine and all of that. And I, uh, I, my boyfriend at the time, I had just come out and he uh, took me to a Park Ave Fest in Rochester, New York, which is like an art festival on Park Ave here, there in the town. And there was a drag show on a porch. There were these drag queens, broad daylight, lip syncing to songs. Ah. People were handing them money. And I was like, and it was Darian Lake. She was the first performer I ever saw. Ah. And I saw her and I was like, wait a minute. Well, hold up, hold up, hold up, everybody. She is lip syncing to song 
and people are giving her money, <laughs> sign me up because I'm already doing it in my bedroom at home. <laughs> and I just kind of like fell in love with it because it was like you could be this character and you could you could take on personas of whoever you wanted. And, and as I got more into it, like I would make mixes and I could do all these characters from movies and I could, there was just so much... To me, it was just fascinating. I was like, oh my God, I can do all this stuff that I've been doing. And people are going to hand me money? Yes, please. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you did, you, Darian was kind of your introduction to drag, really. And then, yes. and then you talk about you gone and you're making all of these other things. So who are the influences and things uh, that you've kind of pulled into your drag? Because it, it is a wide range of... of uh, <laughs> Of subjects that you've been using. So what are, what are the things that kind of inspire you for drag? Um, I think I've always really loved uh, like women that are pretty and goofy. Mm-hmm. So I really took a lot of, like I really love Goldie Hawn who um, is gorgeous and bubbly and but also like goofy and, and has no shame about being goofy and uh, like Madeline Kahn and um, and Carol Burnett and, uh, and, and Bette Midler. It was just like these people that were like, you know, kind of glamorous, but then also just really goofy. And, you know, Bette Midler also was super raunchy <laughs> yeah. in, in her early days. And I loved that. Like, I loved the, the raunchy side of the humor, too, because I, uh, I have a potty mouth and I am uh, very dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and then I mentioned John Waters too. And once I, well, I saw John Waters' movie for the first time, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" It was terrifying to me. But then I couldn't get it out of my head, and I kept thinking about it, and just like the quotable lines, and yeah. And then I became a huge John Waters fan because uh, I don't, I don't see myself as trashy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to eat dog shit, but um, yeah, I appreciate that that kind of humor. You know, it's it's a uh, Dark humor, I guess you would yeah. call it. I mean, you might not eat dog shit, but you have definitely made numbers about shit, haven't you? <laughs> I, you know, I do. And uh, one uh, who, one of the, like, it's either Randy or Tom from Drag Race. They saw me at DragCon and they called me the poop queen. And I was like, oh my God, I really, that's what people are going to say. Because I have a song <laughs> about pooping yourself. And uh, some Willem wrote a comment uh uh, on my thing, something about having a poop song. And he's like, he's like, I feel like every good drag queen has one poop parody in their repertoire. <laughs> Actually, you shared a, a comment that somebody else had made about when the drag queen from Drag Race has a better commentary on politics. The poop <laughs> drag queen from yes, 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 yes. That's what it was, and um, and some people were really offended by it. But I actually just took it like, and they said to me, they're like, "I'm sorry if you were offended." I'm like, "No, oh, I was not offended because I got what you were meaning." And yeah, it really was. It was talking about how uh, I have a poop parody song and I'm speaking better politics than yeah. our politicians. Just and... how topsy turvy the world is that the drag queens actually have better fucking policy than the actual politicians and a better oh, understanding yeah. of it <laughs> completely and uh yeah and i and i uh you know some people are there's always those comments like well you're just a drag queen you don't you're just an entertainer entertain don't speak and i'm like 
Um, and part of the reason of being a citizen of this country is that I'm allowed to speak my opinion. <laughs> yeah. And you're allowed to be, you're allowed to be blocked. Bye, <laughs> block. <laughs> I've recently found the power of blocking. That's uh, been, yeah. I mean, especially on lives, it's my favorite. Blocking somebody on a live who's being vile and then getting everybody to say, bye, Ava, bye, Nicole. <laughs> I have to make, I have to do that word, just say bye to them. I'm like, okay, everybody say bye. I love it. <laughs> um, I like to I like to write something funny and sassy and then give them a chance to read it and then I block it. <laughs> You've got to give them the chance to see your reaction, obviously. Of course, especially if I'm course, very proud of, of it. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I one of them, it was a while ago, I don't remember what it was about because it doesn't matter, but I kept deleting their negative comment, their thing. I kept deleting. They're like, are you deleting my comments? Are you censoring me? I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> And you could tell he was getting so mad, and I'm like, I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> and then I'm gonna block you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. Goodbye. Now, yeah. outside of drag and all of the shenanigans that we all go through, you're quite a big gamer and a sci fi fan, aren't you? Um, yes. I'm, how would you know? Because I post about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I am, and, and I also talk about it more because there was such a like great reaction from people and people that are like that. I don't know. I guess they're, they they feel a little ostracized because it's like, oh, it's not cool. Like, oh, you're a gamer, or like it's kind of nerdy, and it's like, well, who cares? <laughs> like, I mean, there's not much else to do in a pandemic but play video games. It's the perfect lockdown activity. Exactly. Yes. And what's the what's the game of choice at the moment? Um, well, you know, I can't stop playing Animal Crossing. How as dumb as it fucking is. <laughs> and uh, what I am, I'm still trying to finish Zelda. On I got a Switch in January, so it's like uh, I'm I'm new to these games that have been around for a while. Uh, so I'm trying to finish them. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, so I'm into like the switch also because if I'm home and uh, my husband doesn't want to watch me play video games, I can take it out of the switch yeah. and play, <laughs> go in the other room and play. <laughs> like, I love playing computer games, but I, I, because of how it is, there's just not always that much time, I don't think, to really, and I'm one of those, once I get into a game, I'll lose three months of my life. Oh, yes, I have definitely been like, I'm just going to play for a few more minutes, one more, one more thing to solve. And then I'm like, oh, it's four o'clock in the morning. Okay, well, that was, that's, you've been on, you've been playing for three hours, as opposed to the 15 minutes you said you were going to play for. <laughs> yeah, which is, I, I, so I don't, I, I have to be really like, I know that there's nothing coming up, otherwise I just won't do any work for it. And also, uh... I, I just don't achieve anything. I, I have to kind of really be strict with myself to not play on the computer. Yeah, I didn't get a Nintendo Switch for a while because I, I did, wasn't going to have time and I knew that that's what I was going to do and I was going to waste time doing it. And, uh, it's good though because it turns off all the voices in my head <laughs> and there's just one and it's just play a game. Okay, we're good. We're focused. Yeah. But then, you know, I bought it and then the uh, my uh, husband broke his heel so he was laid up 
for a, a, a couple months. So it was good that he could he had something to do. Mm. Um, then the you know the pandemic hit, and then oh well, I have something to do too. So it's like okay. Does any of that? Do you use any of that stuff in your drag? I I do, and I want to do more. It's like because I really love. Uh, I've been trying to. Think of like maybe like a photo shoot as like my favorite sci-fi characters and uh, but yeah and I I have a um, there's an Alice in Wonderland video game like a uh, Alice has goes it's like a dark Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. by American McGee and I um, I have a number dressed as her and I was like I'm just gonna do it because I know people some people aren't gonna get it. Some people will get that as an Alice in Wonderland kind of thing, but a lot of people really got it. And I did a photo shoot with it. And um, I think that's when I started to notice, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of like gay gamers out there or gamers. <laughs> there, there are more than you'd think. Yeah. Yeah. And then actually that that uh, photo shoot ended up getting me a gig with American McGee, who was the creator of the game. He was doing this uh, Kickstarter for a new video game and he wanted to do a video with these people dressed as like cosplay Alice's and yeah, I just was like, well, I'll just send me, send his picture. He's asking for pictures. I mean, what do I have to lose? He emailed me like immediately right away. I was like, okay, I think you're amazing. Can you do this? I need this video. Here's what you need for the contest. And yeah, and flew me out to Shanghai to do this video. Um, uh, I was like, you never know what you're going to, what happens. And uh, sometimes you just have to go for it. And that seems to be a really prevalent piece of advice, doesn't it? Not only from you, Davida, from everyone that we mm. talk to. Everyone is just like, go for every opportunity. Just do it. Because you just don't know how things are ever going to work out, do you? No, and, and really, um, you just, you, uh, especially if you have nothing to lose. Like, what yeah. did I have to lose by sending him my picture? Him not answering me or uh, not winning the contest? And who else knew that I was doing it except me? I mean, nobody. You're a massive Doctor Who fan, aren't you? Um, I I am a, a big Doctor Who fan, yes. So who do you think, because we're kind of coming to the end of the current Time Lord's uh, tenure, who do you think would be the perfect uh, Time Lord? Who do you think would be the next perfect incarnation? Ooh. Oh, um, okay. shit, and I can't remember her last name right now, but Mikola. Um, Michaela Cole. Michaela Cole, yes. Oh I was my like, I'm God. not even saying. <gasps> oh, she'd be amazing. Somebody mentioned her, and I was like, no, that's it. That's it. That's it. That she has to be the next doctor. Like, that's it. That That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, because she uh, is great. She's a great actress, and also she has the, the comedy, like that, uh, that just brilliant comedy of hers uh-huh. that would be perfect for the yeah. doctor. Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, do you know, I'm not a massive Doctor Who fan. I've been forced to watch it recently um, <laughs> by this lad that I've seen. I, I know, yeah. And then I started on Supervisor. I, like, I don't think it's my thing, if I'm honest. I just think it's like, it needs to be realistic. So you know how you're saying you're from New York State. So there's nothing more exciting to me than it's New York State, somewhere like Rochester, pissing down with rain. There's two FBI guys in some heavy coats, six bodies found so far. Nobody knows what's going on yet. That's my thing. Yes, that happened in Rochester a lot. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But yeah, yeah, definitely that kind, that, that kind of thing is, is, is more me. 
I'm I'm going to take us back to Drag Race right now, my darling. Oh, I know. Okay. I know. It's been eleven. It's been eleven series since Drag Race, since you were on it the first time, and uh, there's been a whole raft of changes, hasn't there? Tell me about what you see as being the difference from when you did it to how it is now. Um. Well, I mean, essentially at its core, it's the same, but uh, every, yeah, there's more uh, budget and more money. Um, and certainly the queens know what they're getting into. You know, you might not know every challenge, but uh, you, you know what to bring and what to wear. And we were told uh, in our welcome letter You'll need everything from executive realness to country realness to celebrity impersonation. That's it. <laughs> That's all we were told. Oh my God. The Snatch Game had never been done, so we didn't know anything about that. Uh, and once you walk on the set, one, I walked on, I was like, who are all these women? Because it literally, like, everyone looked like a woman. It was no uh, variety of drag. And I'm in, like, a pink tutu, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm the clown. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I knew that comedy was my strength to get me on the show, but I was like, oh, Jesus, now I'm the, I'm the clown. And if you listen to my entrance music, it's basically circus music. It's like, boop, 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 boop. and I'm like, oh, all right, it's fine. We're going to do, we'll, we'll make it work. And, um, um, and also, it. there were more there were more queens on the show. And you said you said an entrance quote as well. Um, well, I, this is something I just recently found out because I didn't know. Um, well, one is that I actually can take direction, which was, um, you know, uh, hit your mark, go in, make a big entrance, make a big, let's do it. And I'm like, okay. And then I watched the rest of them. Like, did anybody else get that direction? Okay, clearly they didn't listen. But I guess I was the first queen to ever have an entrance line. And I didn't know yeah. that that was true until, uh, I don't you know, all those, uh, those Nancy Drew sleuths, mm -hmm. those kids finding out all these facts and they, they know more than, um, than I know uh, about, <laughs> about Drag Race. I'm like, God, I don't know, was I? <laughs> I, also haven't, I ha also haven't watched my season since it aired. Like, I just don't go back and, and watch it. Wow. So I'm like... I mean, I think that's probably quite healthy, though, because there's things that happen in the season that maybe aren't 100% accurate representations of what really happened. Yes. <laughs> I think that, I think for me, I was actually happy. Uh, well, I left thinking I had killed my drag career mm. completely because uh, they were very, uh, well, one judge in particular was very brutal to me. <laughs> about everything I wore. Yeah, I don't and... think they're there anymore though, are they? No. I so can't that's imagine why. We... why. <laughs> we, don't need... we don't need to speak their name. Um... But he also said, I don't like your style. And I went, I, I don't know what to fucking do with that. Like, how do, yeah. you... What do you, where do you go from somebody saying, I don't like your style? <laughs> I'm like, I... there's nowhere to go from there. Yeah, so I guess there's times that people will play a clip or they'll do something and I'll go, oh my God, I totally forgot about that. Like there's one, somebody shared a picture recently okay. where it was the, a mini challenge and it was the hairstyling mini challenge where we had to make the hair look like uh, a rock star's hair. 
And I really, like, I went to cosmetology school, and I did hair for a little bit, and I was like, oh, I got this. I'm going to do, I'm going to make it look like a guitar, like a guitar on the head. And it just was not, it was not working well. <laughs> and I'm like, I looked at it, I was like, fuck, this looks really terrible. And I'm like, you know what, here's the thing, just sell it. Sell it like it is the best piece of garbage there is. And so I had this whole backstory and I named her Mustang Sally and then Rue was like, oh, that's her. And I had this whole thing. And then I won the mini challenge and I was like, how the hell did I win this challenge with this hair looking so terrible? But it was, I talked a good talk. And <laughs> Drag Race is very much about that, I think, talking the good talk. I, I, I'm really confused about how you felt like you had canned your drag career after, after you shot the show well you know that shooting the show and then seeing it are two different things mm. yes. <laughs> and two different experiences <laughs> um i just because uh, because in my head all i was hearing was negative critiques from like uh, nothing i did on the runway where maybe a couple they liked but it was just like i kept hearing that and then i kept almost winning a challenge and then never really winning a challenge so i was just kind of feeling like oh my God, and they were just praised some of the other queens so much that it was just like, I just feel like I'm going to look really, that's my dog barking. I love it! <laughs> oh, bless. He's like, I do not want to hear about Drag Race anymore, bitch. <laughs> um, so it really was just, uh, so I left feeling defeated. I guess that was how I, and I was like, oh my God, how are people going to perceive me? I'm getting like, Critiqued on how I look, mostly. Like, that was the critiques yeah. I was getting. And, uh, but then watching it back, I was like, oh, wow, they're making me really nice, so that's good. <laughs> you come across really, really well on the show. Really, really well on the show. I was really happy, and uh, even when I was bitchy at the end when I left because I was pissed, um, I was good. I mean, it was nowhere near what a, a, a cunt I was on All Stars 1. So... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but I think part of it was as well that so many people disagreed with the feedback that you were being given, you know, because. Yeah. It, and I didn't. But there I didn't know that's what people's yeah. reaction was going to be. And I mean, that's the reason I won Miss Congeniality is people were really pissed when I left. And I was actually like thrilled because people were that mad. Like it really created this huge controversy. And I was like, I did not expect that. I didn't know what to expect. So I was like, this is amazing. Like this, <laughs> I'm like, this is probably better for my career than actually winning, so. <laughs> Definitely. You know, so, so Drag Race has sort of become this huge machine, hasn't it? That people who work in the industry are getting to see their friends and their family kind of travel through. Oh, drag family, if you like. Uh, some of your drag family have been in the show since you've been in. Um, who, who was that and how did they get on? Um, well, Darian Lake was on season six, and I guess technically is my drag mother. Like, kind of, we always said that your drag mother was the first person to put you in drag. The first person that put me in drag, she was a drag queen. I was dating her ex-boyfriend, and they weren't really ex-boyfriends, so she made me look really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Um, but I was young and naive and really didn't, I didn't, I didn't know until like, you know, after. Then I figured, I was like, oh my God, of course. <laughs> and uh, so Darian's kind of like my adoptive drag mother. And, um, and Kasha Davis was on season seven. And uh, 
she, it's more like a, a family of friends. Like we're not like drag related, but we all perform together in Rochester and known each other for a long time. And so it was great to me that a small city of Rochester, New York, has had three drag queens on Drag Race now. So that's uh, it's a great city for drag for whatever reason. They say there's something in the water that makes people gay. But you you mentioned that you were um, on All Stars one. And um, was I? You, I don't. Uh, I don't recall. I don't recall. <laughs> and that you had um, you enjoyed yourself. Is that how you phrased it? I think you might have described yourself as behaving in a different way. Um, <laughs> but you were also on Drag You as well as a professor. So you were oh, brought in as. Yeah. Oh, I love this dog barking in the background. I, I know. I'm like he, wa- yes. he wants to go out of this room, and I'm like, I'm doing an interview. Daddy's <laughs> doing an interview. Can you please? He wants to go bark at something. <laughs> Nothing really. He he just wants to bark. What kind of dog have you got? Um, he is a mixed uh, breed. He's like a well, he's a minpin poodle chihuahua mix with like a I think a terrier thrown in. Oh, okay. He looks like a he looks like a muppet basically. Okay, I love that. <laughs> but he's he's small. He is yeah. He's like twenty five pounds. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, I revealed your weight. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. It's okay because nobody in England knows what it means in pounds. <laughs> We're just like oh, that's I right. something. Yes, it's so <laughs> I forget that it's. So 25 pounds, hang on, what is that, like two stone or something? I don't know. Don't, I, I have Not no a idea. I don't, I, I, don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, listen, I'm a drag queen because I'm not very good at maths. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know how to count money, that's exactly. about it. Exactly. That's it. Yep, that's my bills yeah. for the week. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you were in season two, which actually now is quite a long time ago, I suppose. We've seen much more um, other countries get involved. Um, are you keeping up with all the other extensions of Drag Race or d- different cultures? No. Oh, wait, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or are you doing a Bibi Zahara Benet and just not watching any of the other series because you're not on it anyway? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, you know, I love Bibi because, you know, she really does think that she is currently the queen of Cameroon. And like, I know is, is she not just the drag queen, like literally the queen of the country. Yeah. She exists only in her own world. And I love it. <laughs> and I make fun of her every time I've worked with her about it. <laughs> and she laughs. So I like that she also has a sense of humor about the fact that yeah. she really thinks she is the, the queen mother of Cameroon. Um, I will say that I don't watch every single episode, but I do like read like the recaps and watch the clips and try to know who's on the show just so I'm not an asshole. <laughs> and I'm not like some of the, because I have met some queens from Drag Race and, uh, and have met them and met them. One in particular I have met four times and has said, it's nice to meet you every time and does not recall <laughs> conversations you know, lengthy conversations or meeting these times. And, uh, you know, somebody was on a newer season and I'm like, oh, okay, sure, girl. I sure. mean, yeah. <laughs> so we're taking, it, it's not Davina, is it? <laughs> ah, absolutely not. Exactly. Wait, who? <laughs> yeah. Who? It's so nice to meet you, Davina. No one even knows who that bitch is. Can't even tell you. <laughs> well, talking about assholes. Um, you you had a bit of a spat with a certain British asshole as well, who's quite well known globally, uh, the good old yeah. Piers of Morgan. Um, um, I, 
did. And I was actually kind of shocked by it because I just didn't think he was going to respond to what I said. And I don't even remember what I wrote, but it's something that, you know, appears being a, a, an ass, basically. And I said something about him uh, being white and privileged. And then he called me a racist. And I was like, wait, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think I can be racist to white people since I am white. And I don't, I think by definition, that's, you're incorrect, sir. And um, it was funny because then it got picked up by all these blogs and <laughs> like, and it was like, uh, drag queen slams Piers Morgan. And like, it was all like on my side. And like, I told him off and I was like, Oh, well, hello. Thank you, good press. Nice, yeah. <laughs> and he is, yeah. he, he's an asshole. No, and I really would, I, I would have to go back and look exactly what he wrote, but it was yeah, something yeah. about, it, he was basically being white and entitled and just like, just really like you read it and you're like, you're, you're part of the problem. You are literally, this is, this is why you have such issue with it because the world is over white, straight men running it. So that's basically it. We're, we're done with it. <laughs> so just not, don't be an asshole and you'll be fine. Very that. I'm totally over white, straight, fucking asshole men. Fuck them all. Fuck them all. Now, Pandora, what is coming up next for you? I have no clue. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of... <laughs> Uh, I have a lot of projects that I, uh, I'm trying to force myself to work on, but, you know, uh, being in a pandemic and, uh, you know, hopefully, I mean, I live in Los Angeles now and have for like a, a while and it, uh, it's, the numbers aren't great here. And, uh, in order to vaccine every, like it's bad. So it's like waiting for the vaccine is going to take a while and. And then it's gonna, and then for me to feel comfortable traveling and doing things, and uh, will take a while because I tend to be a hypochondriac, and um, so I have all these projects, and I just have to motivate myself to do them, to get them started, and uh, and financially figure out how to make it work. <laughs> there is also this, but we're in the middle of a global pandemic, like you said, so just existing and allowing yourself to just exist is also perfectly fine. It is. And I have, uh, yeah, I've really told myself it's okay. It's all right to, and I think because since I was on Drag Race, I have been like, go, 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 like nonstop, like workaholic. And I'm very thankful for that. But it's also like, this has kind of forced me to have the break that I really needed. And it also it made me stop comparing myself to other queens. Like, well, how, that queen's getting all this. And, and why am I not? What is wrong with me? And it made me stop and say, that's not your journey and you shouldn't think about that. And you should be just, you know, be um, happy that drag is successful and successful for a lot of people. And, and just because I haven't found the exact same success doesn't mean that I don't have success mm. in, in mine. And the pandemic and being like trapped and not being able to do anything and nobody having any jobs really made me see that all clearly. Like, it's like, girl, you can't get jealous because no one has gigs. <laughs> <laughs> quite right. And how, how can we keep up to date with sort of what you are up to? Are you posting on social media quite a lot? How can we find out the latest from Pandora? Yeah, I mean, I guess the, all my social media is linked to my website, which is pandorabox.com. There is two X's in box because the extra X marks the spot. Oh, <laughs> oh why not? <laughs> um, on Insta, it's 
at Pandora Box. On Twitter, it's the Pandora Box because someone took my name like 12 years ago and has never tweeted and still has it. Oh, (laughs) always the way, isn't it? Yeah, and they get rid of all these old accounts, and that one, that one's still there. (laughs) How many times have we heard that story? So many times. Like everyone seems to seems to have one platform that just won't let them do it. But I kind of like being the Pandora box, so it's very grand. It's very, you know, I'm 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 the Pandora box, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) It's been an absolute joy chatting to the Pandora box, (laughs) (laughs) the one and only. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, oh, well, this was fun. Thank you, Pandora. It's it been such a joy to talk to you. Thank you for catching up with us. Come and speak to us again soon, yeah? I would love that. Thank you. That would be fantastic. Well, we have come to the end of the episode. This has been Fierce Slay Talk. You can join us on our journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fierce Slay Talk. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us going on. We could talk for hours. And if you enjoyed the show, let your friends know. Go on, spread the word. Be sure to review the podcast as well. Till next time. You want it. You got it. I won't hold back. Come snatch it. Come take it. All yours right off the rack. No wanting. No waiting. You shake me down, you touch it, you taste it, come take me here and now. Try it and buy it, the top of the stack, bag it and snag it, no need to attack. Instant and present, hit go and play back. Right now, right now. Take it and tame it, walk me to the door. Have it and hold it, you only want more. Live it and love it, you got it, it's yours. Right now, right now.